You're listening to Malka Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Medical problems, and Alhamdulillah, after, uh, we, yeah, not long, but uh, a few moons ago, we had our very own uh, holistic uh, practic- practitioner, Dr. Azizullah Rawat. And here's he again, very popular with you, Dr. Azizullah Rawat and the listeners uh, of Malka Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me how you're doing this fine, beautiful evening, uh, Doctor. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. And I trust you and all the listeners are well. And it's so good to be back on this blessed show. I tell you, blessed indeed. And with you coming there, it adds a double blessing. Yeah, you being in Cape Town and being near the uh, mountains and near those, uh, you know, saints that were there and so forth. But Alhamdulillah, you really add a value to the show. And, you know, then the threat of the second round coming through. And, you know, what goes through your mind, uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat, when you hear the doctors of doom really putting people in the mode of noya, paranoia, doc? I think we need some doom for them, uh, actually, uh, you know, just to extinguish all this paranoia and the fear mongering. And um, but, you know, I always tell people, switch off your TVs, don't follow the news, um, you know, don't don't listen to the mainstream media, because at the end of the day, the media's goal is to steer public perception, is to steer the public perception in a particular direction. And that's in order to brainwash people. And that's why you have things that call it's in your face, you know, television, programming, channels. You know, it's it's in all of our faces. Um, the goal of the media is quite clear. And that's to just push the agenda of those who control it. Uh, so it's up to us now to see through that deception. And, you know, we've been given so many chances, COVID, the vaccines, in order to really see what's going on. So I think it's really important for people to wake up. Uh, to the truth, uh, because the truth will prevail at the end of the day. Well, uh, Dr. Abzizullah Rawat, uh, you know, you make me uh, think of the late uh, Malik al-Shabazz, Malcolm X, uh, Raymullah, you know, when he said the media is so powerful, it is so powerful, it can have you hating those uh, that are oppressed and loving the oppressor. The media is so powerful, it can brainwash millions and millions of people. And uh, presently, the media, you know, but, uh, you know, with the advent of uh, social media, uh, perhaps uh, there is a change, there's a shift in uh, the equation of uh, people being duped. What's your thoughts there, Doctor? Yeah, especially with social media, you know, you can use it for the good, you can use it for the bad. And, uh, you know, we have uh, an amazing opportunity to actually share, you know, you just post one video, one article, and it can be shared across millions and millions of people around the world. Uh, So that that's actually a very, very good thing. And, you know, even Mark Zuckerberg, and all the um, you know, the, the the people who are silencing and uh, fact checkers and all of even they are having a hard time uh, to keep the truth uh, from surfacing. But as I said, you know, you know, truth will come, falsehood will perish, falsehood nature, the nature of falsehood is to perish. Uh, so that's why it's up to us, you know, keep posting the truth, keep enlightening, keep uh, spreading the word of truth, because there are people who have open hearts who will accept it. No, absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, I noticed uh, when I looked at your composite and, uh, you know, it says uh, holistic practi- practitioner, Dr. Azizullah Rawat, uh, what's the limit to cupping? How effective is cupping for sleeping, constipation, weight control? Should you be cupping more often? And mashallah, your composite has been uh, accepted and went round the world and made many rounds. So perhaps, uh, you know, whilst it was going around, uh, the messages came through and the first one that came through says, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, can, I know, can I know, please, uh, from Dr. Azizullah Rawat, how often should uh, we do sunnah cupping? My dad has been doing cupping every month on uh, sunnah dates for three years. Now he has been told it's uh, way too much and will have a bad effect on his blood. What about the cupper who never told him this? Apparently, he should only have been cupped once in four months for sunnah cupping. Jazakallah, Irfana Bakas. How do you respond there, doctor? Yeah, I'm not sure who's telling them the once in every four months, but even in my practice, most people come on a monthly basis uh, for the sunnah days. 
or even if it's not for the sunnah days, you see at this time of the month where the lunar cycle affects the blood flow, so the blood will come closer to the surface, so it will be much easier to draw out the toxins. Um, but because cupping is a sunnah practice in itself, you know, you can do it at any time, anywhere, any place. So it really doesn't matter. You will still get the benefit. Um, so like I said, most people come to me on a monthly basis. You'll notice that they don't get sick as often. They're feeling much lighter. Um, they, you know, their their sinuses clear up. Their gout attacks clear up. The, all these kind of things start clearing up. And it's similar, you know, you take your car for service and you change your engine oil. If you don't change your engine oil, then the engine is going to pack up. You're going to get suspension, transmission, brake problems, and so on. Uh, so I don't know anything about the four months. Most people come to me on a monthly basis. There's even people, sportsmen, athletes, cyclists, tennis players who come to me every two weeks, uh, whether it's dry cupping or even wet cupping, uh, just to get that blood flowing, that oxygen flowing, and it actually helps their performance. Just like how you go to a physio every week, go to a chiro every week. So yes, you do need to give time for the cuts to heal on the body. Uh, so obviously now you shouldn't be doing it on a, on a daily or week, every week basis. Uh, but even if you're doing it, for example, you're doing it for two weeks, then you do it after three weeks, then you do it after a month, and you maintain that month it's absolutely fine uh, i have not uh, received any reported adverse effects of people who are doing it on those kind of basis uh, and you know you must also remember that cupping doesn't actually most of the blood that comes out isn't healthy blood that's why anemic people can still do cupping because most of the blood that comes out is your body's waste it's your body's toxins and that's why it's so thick and it's so dark and it's so jelly-like. It's the body's waste. And if it doesn't come out, then it's going to cause sickness. It's going to cause pain and so on. Gee, uh, Dr. Whilst you're talking and my mind was uh, racing into a pool of thoughts. And I was thinking, uh, can you remember your oldest patient uh, that you cupped and the, the youngest? Tell me, Doc. Yeah, I think the youngest was probably about 10, 12 years old. And we never even had to do that many cups because maybe about two or three cups actually covered the whole surface of his body. Um, and the oldest patient was probably about 75, uh, 80 years old. And, you know, still still doing the sunnah treatment and really, really, it's really helping them. Uh, alhamdulillah. So, you know, whether you're young, whether you're old, at the end of the day, you do need that detox. Obviously, if you're older, you would have accumulated more years, more decades of toxins. So you would want to do it, especially for disease prevention uh, and so on. And if you're younger, your body hasn't really had that chance to build up uh, that much toxin. So you notice that the blood that comes up from the younger uh, patients is, isn't as thick. It's not as toxic as the ones that come up from the patients who are much older. Yes, sir, doctor. And as you said, you know, cupping has... Uh... Uh, when did the South Africans become uh, conscious about, uh, you know, about cupping? Was it Islamic radio that ushered in this uh, cupping frenzy? Talk to me, Doc. I think they were all watching the Olympics. Michael Phelps had those uh, cupping marks on his back, dark, big, dark red circles, and people were wondering what is going on. Does he have some kind of disease? Or um, And that's actually even where I saw it uh, for the first time. Um in the 2000s so and then and then people realize that you know it's also even though most of the sportsmen do dry cupping then you correlate it with the wet cupping which is actually a sunnah and goes back to the night of a mi'raj where nabi sallallahu where he ascended the heavens and at every stage the angels told him uh, do cupping for your ummah and that's why it's such a powerful amazing sunnah and not just religiously but also medically uh, scientifically you know even the science fields nowadays pubmed and all these uh, journals even they are coming up with the benefits of cupping for diabetes the benefits of uh, cupping for hypertension and all these for chronic pain for headaches and all these kind of things and uh, then you look at the Chinese. Uh, when did they get into uh, get into cupping, uh, Doctor Azizullah? I think the Chinese got into it uh, just after the Persians and the Greeks, uh, and the whole tip medicine started coming out. Obviously, the Chinese have been practicing these kind of things like 
uh, acupuncture and acupressure and needling and you know the whole concept of yin and yang uh, and meridian points and all these kind of things uh, so they did latch on to uh, the cupping you know they doing it as well um, and it is coming out slowly also into the western world uh, you know not just olympians but you'll see footballers you'll see ufc fighters um rugby players even uh, with those copy marks on the back and it's usually the players who are the best in their in their fields of sport who are doing cupping so it's obviously working then uh, the name if i say bella bacci isn't that an italian name where did the italians learn uh, bella bacci cupping uh, doc <laughs> no, I'm, i'm sure the europeans uh, just created their own uh, you know way of uh, cupping um but it's the same concept you know maybe it was called different things even uh, back in the day uh you know some people call some uh bloodletting uh and so on but at the end of the day you're taking out the toxins uh whether it's via heat whether you're using a suction gun uh you're creating that circulation and ultimately you are detoxing the body Well, you got it there. And doctor gives a very satisfactory answer there. Assalamu alaikum to Shafaat. Splendid medical files. Uh, salams to our Mufti AK also. Question for Dr. Azizullah Rawat. Please advise if cupping is effective to stimulate a better sleep. Uh, if, yeah, I hope I got that uh, context right there. I'm going to do that again for you, doctor. Assalamu alaikum to Shafaat. Splendid medical files. Salams to our Mufti AK also question for dr azizullah rawat please advise if cupping is effective to stimulate better sleep wassalam bilkis karodi i see bilkis we very tara even doctor is tara so you got it doc if cupping can stimulate better sleep uh, otherwise i i know you do hypnosis you say sleep sleep <laughs> You're going yeah, off a lot of to people, <laughs> a lot of people no. falling asleep on the <laughs> cupping table. <laughs> But no, we don't need to sleep on the show, people. Get up, please get up and listen, doctor. <laughs> yeah, so cupping for sleep, 100%. In fact, a lot of people when they give feedback, they actually say that you know my sleep improved uh, so dramatically. Before I used to be tossing, I used to be turning, I used to be waking up in the middle of the night, and especially that first night. after you do the cupping you sleep like a, just like a baby you know like it's your first day in this world falling asleep just like that um so cupping definitely helps because you're regulating the blood flow you're regulating the circulation uh, and and most of all you're taking out those toxins that heavy burden that's on your shoulders so once all of that is cleansed your system is cleansed you know your car can run again smoothly service is done and um you basically like a new person It's like you went for Hajj, cleansed your sins. <laughs> You're cleansing your body. I tell you, our doctor is also half of the Quran. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. He knows about that Hajj thing when you go and you come back, provided you know you don't lie at customs and say, "Have you anything to declare?" It's no, nothing. But you know what <laughs> you got? Take vaccine passport. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's another thing now. People know what no, you got. Your, yes, I did. But you know what you did. Um, Brilliant, doctor. Brilliant. Really enjoying you this evening. Assalamualaikum, Shafaat. Uh, please uh, refer to Doctor A M Rawat. My papa wants to know: Can he do cupping for constipation, doctor? A lot of people getting constipated, maybe eating too much of white bread, white rolls, and uh, I don't know what else. Too much white rice, doc. Yeah, yeah. So cupping for constipation, you do some dry cupping on the stomach area so that we get the blood flowing in around that area. And once you get the fluids uh, obviously flowing, then it's easier now for it to push out that waste. Um, to drink more water is also essential uh, for the gut. Um, so when it comes to the cupping, you'd also do it on the back. So the specific points for different organs, for example, liver, kidney, pancreas. There's even points for the colon, the colon and the gut area where you cup on those points. Do the wet cupping on the back and then the dry cupping on the stomach area. Uh, so it would uh, take out the waste. It would extract the toxins because you must remember that the gut has two functions. One is to absorb your nutrients. So all the food that you eat, all the medication and so on, your gut will either absorb it 
or it will excrete it. It will send it out for elimination. But if you have an unhealthy gut, if your gut's not working properly, if you're eating foods that your body can't digest or can't break down, such as gluten in breads, then what will happen is that it will build up and build up and the gut can't eliminate it. So you get constipation. Constipation happens when there's a blockage in the colon or in the intestine where the waste can't come out. So you have to drink more water in order to help dilute the stool uh, so that it can come out more. There's also things you can take in order to assist like prunes. You know, prunes is very good. Psyllium uh, and so on. You know, Epsom salts, which will help cleanse that gut area together with the cupping uh, to get rid of that constipation. Eating lots more fiber, uh, fruits, the peels with the fiber, and so on With uh, in terms of a holistic approach. Yeah, you talk about prune, there's prune juice and uh, so forth, and uh, then uh, you get uh, people talking about uh, selling you gut juice. Yeah, They say this juice is very good for your guts, and uh, then, uh, then others will say, give your tummy a good massage in the morning and uh, then you'll be regular. Any truth in all this, uh, doctor? Uh, maybe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> depends how deep massage uh, you're actually going to be doing. Uh, but a lot of the juices do work. Uh, and, but also some of the juices and some of the teas are just money-making things. Uh, you know, just will probably provide a mild laxative effect or so on. Uh, but prunes, psyllium work very well. Epsom salts in order to cleanse that cut area. And then the cupping will take out the toxins uh, via the blood. Yeah, see, you're a big fan of Epsom salt, uh, Doc. Even, you know, for soaking your feet and so forth, it's uh, quite good. And some of them even use it in the garden. Yeah, you know, the plants grow very well with that. Uh, what's so good about Epsom salts then? Yeah, Epsom salt has a very good cleansing effect, uh, but it also has uh, healing properties, uh, not just for the skin, but it helps brings relaxation. That's why you find people soaking their feet in Epsom salt baths and so on, uh, where it would draw, in a way, draw the toxins out and get that blood flowing also. So Epsom salts is very good for you, obviously in moderation. Yeah, then you get people talking to you about Himalayan salt. Are you a big fan of Himalayan salt, uh, doctor? Yeah, Himalayan salts much more uh, than your normal uh, table salt. Um, because, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of the foods that we're eating have been compromised to some extent, uh, you know, whether it's the sugars, uh, the salts, as I mentioned now. So that's why you have to be looking, you know, the oils, also the oils. That's why people are now using olive oil. They're using coconut oil. They're using butter, ghee, going back to butter and ghee in order to cook. Uh, so, you know, you just need to look for the healthy options, the healthy alternatives. Sometimes they may be more expensive, but unfortunately, you're going to have to pay the price if you want to eat healthy. Now, I got a friend, you know, he says, you know, chef, I use both ghee and oil. So I said, how you use it? He said, no, half and half. But he reckoned that chow comes out tops. What happens there then? Uh, you know, you're compromising the ghee, doctor. Yeah, in a way, you are compromising uh, the ghee. But at least he's going half healthy, so we can give him some credit for that. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell him now. Hey, you, I know he's listening to us. We're coming for a chow, doctor and I. Yeah, he wants to check you check it out. How that ghee and that thing. But I tasted it, doc. Tastes like unreal. He made his sugar beans with that, and I said I was really impressed with that. But uh, uh, how you are you, you like sugar beans and uh, aloo with a lovely uh, half karoti? Yeah, I like sugar beans. Uh, sugar beans, uh, always like sugar beans, uh, sugar bean curry uh, and so on. Um, I, I, pre I like my meats too, uh, you know, chicken in particular. Um, yeah, uh, give yeah. Me, yeah, you give me as a hint. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, you know what, we'll, I'll go to that Paki, uh, yeah, yeah, restaurant down there, I'll get you a cottage. Chicken tikka. And I'll put it next to your beans. How's that? That's a deal. You can <laughs> no, have... Sounds, sounds <laughs> like a plan. Then we can uh, do some cupping afterwards. Thanks. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey, we got it in the mix here, people. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, wa alaikum salam. Allah ta'ala keep uh, Marcus Radio for the Ummah. Ameen. Uh, Shafat, assalamu alaikum. Hope you well too. I would like you to ask uh, Dr. Rawat, I have a low thyroid function. What causes it? What can I eat to improve? And can cupping and reflexology help? Jazakallah. 
Mrs. Abasa, comprehensive answer, please. Hey, not just general. Doctors, uh, doctors on air should be generous with information, inshallah, and not say same thing for everything. <laughs> Ma, hey, I'm intrigued there. Yeah. She must be a teacher. To talk <laughs> I that guess you have to be generous then. <laughs> Go ahead, doc. Okay, so I assume I assume by low thyroid function, uh, she's talking about underactive uh, thyroid or hypothyroidism, where your thyroid gland isn't producing enough of the thyroid hormone. Uh, so if she is talking about that, then there's a whole range of factors that might. So you can't really, uh, uh, you know, get a specific cause. It could be genetic factors. It could be diet factors. You know, a lot of unhealthy foods. Uh, maybe uh, side effects of medication. A build up, a build up of toxicity in the body, or a deficiency in vitamins, minerals uh, that may be causing it. Lifestyle, environment, stress, uh, and so on. <clears throat> uh, but what you can uh, actually do for the thyroid function is to start eating foods that are high in iodine. <clears throat> so foods that have a high iodine content. Seamoss uh, is a very uh, new one to the market. Uh, which is basically your seaweed, your sea algae contains 92 essential vitamins and minerals, including iodine, iron, omega-3, calcium, and so on. Uh, you can also eat something called kelp, uh, which also comes from the ocean. Uh, selenium, uh, which is a very good mineral, which is found in your Brazil nuts uh, and so on. So there's quite a few things you can do. Um, in order to stimulate uh, and help that thyroid function. You, you don't want to reach a point where you're going on altroxin and becoming dependent on that. Uh, so rather sort it out uh, with diet factors, detox. To detox is very important as well. Um, and I'm sure you can get that uh, thyroid uh, functioning well. The doctor was very generous there indeed. And uh, doctor, you know, people talk about herbs and uh, the spinach and all these things. Uh, which is the best herb to have uh, for a good health? And how should it be prepared? Perhaps, you know, some people cook it with that oil and that's about some people that no, no, just just steam it and have it. What's your views? Yeah, so good herbs. Uh, so basically there's different herbs for different organs. Uh, for example, your yarrow, your hawthorn. Uh, and so on for the heart you'd have your parsley you have your spinach and your green alkaline uh, green leafy vegetables for your kidneys which would help alkalize the body and help the kidneys uh, flush out uh, those toxins you have your capsicum you have your cayenne pepper and your paprika for the liver uh, and so on so all of this combined would obviously be good uh, very beneficial whether you want to put them in soup or whether you want to make a concoction or have it with the tea, for example, or you can just combine all of all the important one into one. Uh, that would obviously be the easiest way. But when it comes to CMOS, CMOS has 92 of them in it, uh, just in itself. Uh, so it is really the best multivitamin that's out there at the moment. And also remember that if you have an unhealthy gut, your body won't absorb capsules or tablets. So you have people who are taking so much thousand milligrams vitamin C, but it's not working because their gut's not breaking down the tablet or the capsule. Uh, so in that case, you'd rather take something either in its food form. If you don't like the taste, then rather have it in a powder form uh, and so on. Yeah, as you talk about uh, taking medicine and uh, sometimes the body reacts uh, very violently against, uh, you know, poisonous or toxic. I mean, uh, these medicine, uh, they poison. I mean, most of them is like you're ingesting poison, uh, doctor. Yeah, and what's even worse is that it violates your fitra because it's artificial. So anything artificial that's uh, introduced into your body is a violation of your body's fitra. Your fitra is your natural disposition, uh, the natural state of the body. Uh, so with all of these things, because it's artificial, your, your, your body sees it as a foreign substance. So it can't absorb it properly, can't digest it properly. It's going to trigger allergic reactions because it's a foreign substance. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like a neighboring army entering your territory. What are you going to do? You have to fight. You have to defend against it. So that's what your body gets put into the system where it's constantly attacking these things. Um, and that's, it's not a good state to be in. That's why it's so good to keep things natural, holistic.
Now, what I want to know from you, Doctor, you know, uh, most of us, uh, we like our green chili uh, or chilies. Uh, you have to have it in uh, moderation. And some of them uh, love to grate that into their foods. And some of them put uh, cardamom and, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the what you call this, uh, these different sticks um, and all that, you know, and, and, and cook the food. How, well, you know, valuable are they? Are they really healthy your green chilies, uh, your cardamom, and uh, your ilachi, and all these things, uh, when cooked, do they uh, add value to your uh, to your health, uh, doctor? Yeah, yeah. So, like with paprika and with cayenne pepper, cayenne pepper is very good uh, for the blood vessels. Uh, paprika and cayenne pepper together, and capsicum, uh, the word for it, that's good for your liver also. Uh, so they are very good, and especially chilies. Uh, if you can take the masala, uh, obviously, uh, for ulcers and for parasites, and a lot of people don't know that parasites can't take chilies. So if you're eating chilies, uh, it's really going to disrupt those parasites out of your body and help cleanse them out. Parasites, unhealthy bacteria um, that are causing ulcers and so on. Hey, I'm going to put another 10 green chilies in my cooking uh, and blame you for it. So you know what, Dr. Azizullah can rock the chilies and kill all the parasites. Jazakallah for that. Assalamu alaikum, Shafa'as. My query for medical files with Dr. Azizullah. Okay. Uh, can a heart patient do cupping to improve heart condition? Jazakallah, Imran Desai. How you respond to Imran there, doctor? Yeah, I can definitely do cupping. So with cupping, you regulate the blood flow. And remember, the heart is actually a muscle. So the heart uh, needs to be pumping blood. Uh, so with the cupping, you get that blood flowing. And because the blood carries oxygen, you get the oxygen flowing also. Uh, so you regulate your blood pressure that way and you regulate your blood glucose. Uh, so cupping is very good for hypertension. There's even specific points that you'd focus on uh, for the heart as well. Uh, and you notice a lot of people who are doing the cupping, uh, they actually manage to maintain their blood pressure, you know, without the meds. And there actually was someone who was coming uh, for the cupping, but he was also on the meds. And you notice that just by coming up the meds itself, uh, with the cupping, he was able to maintain his health that way. And also understand that conditions like hypertension, it's natural for our body's blood pressure to go up and go down, dependent on our circumstances. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you were just running away from, you know, maybe your neighbor's dog was after you. Maybe you were just in an accident. Your blood pressure is going to go up. Or maybe you were just sleeping. So your blood pressure is going to be down. But what happens is you test it, you go to a doctor, and then straight away diagnosed with hypertension. He diagnoses you with hypertension and then puts you on chronic meds for life. And it was all your, your circumstances that basically increase the pressure or decrease the pressure. So that's also something important uh, to take note of, that it's natural for pressure to go up and down. It's natural for glucose to go up when you've just eaten bread, when you've just eaten a whole box of chocolates uh, and so on. Uh, so these are also important things to take note. Uh, so not to be scared if your pressure is up or low, or if your glucose is up or low. It's natural. It, a lot of the time, it's the diet factors. It's your life environment, the circumstances that are making it or shifting it out of balance. It does not mean that you have a chronic disease and you have to be on meds for life. You know, I like your optimism. So in other words, if I had my uh, barfi and I had my uh, suturfini and I had my chanamagaj, and I go for the checkup, and hey, your sugar is skyrocketed. So uh, you make a lot of sense, doctor. You get diagnosed at the wrong time, and then you go on to the, the medication, uh, which will have a more detrimental effect on you than uh, a positive effect, doctor. Yeah, 100%. And there was actually someone who gave me a story that uh, no one asked, the doctor didn't ask them if they were diabetic. Uh, so they went to the optometrist, uh, and because of the symptoms they were getting from the blood glucose being out of balance, they were put on glasses. Now they had to wear glasses, but all in all, it was the blood glucose that was causing the blurred vision. Um, but, you know, optometrist just told him you not know, to go on glasses. So it just shows <clears throat> the importance of getting to the root cause of what's wrong and, you know, the symptom, what's causing it. Uh, and so on, because the symptoms are only our body's way of telling us that something's wrong. Symptoms are not the cause of the problem. So that's the importance of taking the medical history and actually finding out what's going on. You know, what is the person's life circumstances 
uh, you know, the environment that they're living in, you know, this and and so on. You have to take everything into consideration. Now you're an amazing holistic uh, practitioner. You know, in other words, you're telling me that uh, you can make a plan A, Shafatman. Take the reading glasses out. Get into my. Uh, uh, my, my my medication. I got certain things to you. Do certain exercises uh, with your eyes. Hey, you'll have perfect vision. Can you do that, Doc? Yeah, you know there definitely are exercises uh, that you can do, um, and also in sunlight and all these kind of things. Um, and a lot of the a lot of these methods have actually been silenced by the industry. Uh, you know, the textbooks were um, were basically put aside, and all these methods were put aside because obviously the industry makes money now on the chronic meds and so on. A patient cured is a customer lost. Um, that's unfortunately how the industry operates. Yeah, so uh, it really makes you think, and why so many people going for cataract operations nowadays? Is that, uh, you know, is that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're being compromised naturally or is there something in the, you know, is there something that has been, uh, prevalent in our diets over the last few years that's uh, making this uh, like a pandemic for us. Yeah, diet factors and also nowadays with the technology, you know, we just on the screens the whole day. And remember, you know, our eyes with the long muscles and the short muscles, you know, we need to be looking at things that are close, that we need to be looking at things that are far uh, and so on throughout the day. But now with the screen in your face the whole day, you're only going to be looking and you're only going to be using a certain amount of muscles, but not the other muscles, uh, if you get what I'm saying. So it is weakening the eyesight, all the screen time, the phones, the laptops, and so on. I'd say that's the biggest cause nowadays of people with bad eyesight. Then, as you say, I you know people today are more like pot plants. Uh, they uh, get up in the morning, go to the office, uh, 8 to 4. They leave the office at 4, come back. And back at home, more like a pot plant, hardly getting sunshine uh, and, uh, you know, uh, not even getting fresh air. What happens then, doctor? How do you advise people? Yeah, unfortunately, that's the world of consumerism that we live in. You know, you, you wake up in the morning, uh, you, you eat your cereal, you go to work, you come home, you eat this and so on. Uh, you, you're just going to have to, you know, try your best to to get that exercise in, try your best to get those uh, antioxidant, those healthier foods in. And a lot of people say, you know, I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time uh, to eat healthy. But those same people have time to watch Netflix and so on. So, you know, you need to manage your time correctly. And it's also a mindset thing. A lot of people, they just don't have the willpower, the mental strength uh, to actually, you know, say, right, you know, now I'm the star. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this up now. I'm going to give that up now and so on so it really starts from yourself no one is going to do it for you you are you are what you eat um and so on and uh, you know it's important to note that and you can change you can change it it's all up to you and no one's going to do it for you such a tragedy indeed uh, you know people were sitting and watching all these things you're talking about the different uh, soapies waste of time and, you know, as they watch more and they get addicted to it and, you know, some of them, if you've got a conscience, you'll say, you know, man, Allah, you know what, forgive me. I've sinned against my intelligence by watching all this. And, you know, people become addicted to that. Uh, how does that affect uh, the psyche of an individual uh, doctor besides the taking away the spirituality? Yeah, you know, when your life lacks meaning, then you distract yourself with temporary pleasures, whether it's pornography, whether it's video games, whether it's Instagram, especially the youngsters, but not even just the youngsters, even our uh, elderly people also. Uh, so because there's no meaning, there's no proper meaning in their life. They haven't found that meaning. Uh, so now they, you know, they find it elsewhere. They, in a way, they lock themselves out of reality and find the pleasure in the superficial, artificial world, such as sitting in front of the TV uh, and so on. You know, there's no meaning in their family. There's no meaning in their uh, spirituality or their ibadah. So that's why they find it in television and Netflix and eating junk and so on and so on. Uh, so, yeah, it is a holistic approach uh, to sort it out. It does come from the person uh, himself or herself in order to sort that 
uh, issue out. And it's happening everywhere. You know, even if you look at the youth today, they're hooked on video games, they're hooked on social media, they have no social skills, they can't communicate, um, and so on. And it's a tragedy, you know, husband and wife, uh, the marital problems that all of this is causing, uh, and so on. You know, the whole family unit uh, that is being uh, broken down right in front of our eyes. And look at all the degeneration um, and decay that's going on in society uh, with homosexuality and all these kind of things. Uh, so we are living in the Akhir Zaman, the end times, and uh, even more uh, just to realize who we are as the believers. And because we do carry the flag of Tawheed with us, uh, so it's up to us to strengthen that Iman of ours and to get closer to Allah, our Creator, uh, because that is our goal. Uh, you know, it's all about the Akhirah. Uh, not about the dunya, so we need to detach ourselves as much as possible from the dunya in order to focus on the end goal. Uh, doctor, I don't know, how's your Urdu? Are Urdu karte? Uh, not too good. Huh? <laughs> All right, I'll hit a small poem for you. Dunya dil se lagakar, dunya se kya milega? Yaade khuda ki unko, unko khuda milega. Har cheez hai mitne wali. क्या है ख्वाब का भरोसा ये दुनिया आने जाने क्या है मौत का ठिकाना आपको समझ आया आई साउंड्स वेरी पावरफुल ओके यू नो आई जस्ट गिव यू द फर्स्ट लाइन दुनिया दिल से लगाकर दुनिया से क्या मिलेगा इफ यू गिव योर हार्ट टू दिस वर्ल्ड व्हाट विल यू गेट फ्रॉम दिस वर्ल्ड यू नो हर चीज है मिटने वाली क्या है ख्वाब का भरोसा एवरीथिंग इज गोना गेट इनटू द सोइल you know it's going to decay why do you have so many dreams and aspiration ye dunya aane jaane kya hai maut ka tikana this world we are coming and going so many before us have come and gone so kya hai maut ka tikana when will the angel of death come and take you you don't even know so i was just a gist of it and you know i thought i'll share that with you because you said it so eloquently so aptly that our goal is the Akhira, bless you for that, doctor. Bless you, as we note. Hey, I'm really enjoying the show with you. Are you enjoying yourself this evening, doc? Yeah, especially that poem. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll give you some lessons there. We'll, we'll I didn't even know you're a poet. <laughs> hey, well, you know, one day I I I shared this with you in grade eight. I wrote a powerful uh, poem. I wrote the uh, the trees grow high and they also die. And something I said. So you know my teacher who passed away to he wrote there is this your own effort and I tell you doctor Azizullah it really hurt me I mean the he he questioned me there he said is this your own effort and I did it like you know and I I I think he never expected a standard 60 to to write a poem like that eh and that's why but anyway I was quite quite good at that uh, let's go to the, this question it says assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh how are you we alhamdulillah salams to respective uh, mufti sahab please ask uh, dr rawat the next time he comes please advise uh, the dangers of spraying magnesium onto the skin it will uh, guide us because many in the extended family feel they need magnesium wassalam molana gora how do you respond to molana gora there absizullah oh, well, i think the people do definitely do need magnesium magnesium is a very important uh, trace element and mineral in terms of dangers of magnesium uh, the only one i could probably say is that if you have a cut or an open wound if you spray magnesium you will burn a lot um but in terms of benefits there's so much magnesium regulates hypertension for people with high blood pressure excellent magnesium for muscle pain cramps tensions strain magnesium if you can't sleep at night calms the nervous system anxiety insomnia um i'm a very big advocate you know i give a lot of patients the magnesium spray transdermal uh, for people who have unhealthy gut they can't break down the capsules slow mag takes too slow <laughs> too slow to work so transdermal spray spray into the bloodstream and it works itself that way magnesium just like calcium iron zinc selenium potassium a uh, very important mineral for the body i tell you i was a lighty i knew about milk of magnesia either like in the blue bottle do they still have that yet i mean it's still available 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is still available. So you 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 even find it in like the spice shops uh, and so on. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think they still sell it. Uh, still very uh, effective, like uh, before, doctor. Uh, still very effective. Uh, yeah, but obviously nowadays you have the sprays and stuff, which are also. Uh, very and you don't you know because with the sprays you just spray it directly and apply it directly onto the area, uh, so you don't have to actually worry about you know, digesting it and absorbing it. So that way that would be a much uh, slower process, but the spray is a much quicker process. Okay, Alhamdulillah, I'm learning something all the time. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Shafat. And assalams to you and the and the studio team. Jazakallah. Reference to Dr. Azizullah Rawat. Can uh, cupping in any way help with obesity? Can you cup on an obese person? Allah reward for all your medical nasiha. Jazakallah. Anonymous from Peter Madisberger, doctor. Uh, you can definitely cup in, on an obese person. Um, but just what I've noticed, people who probably weigh over 110, 120, the blood doesn't really come out when you do the wet cupping uh, because they have such bad circulation uh, because of the excessive fatty tissues and so on. The blood doesn't come out. The toxins don't come out properly. Uh, so what those people, they don't want, preferably not to go on blood thinners. So rather have a massage before the cupping, sit in a sauna uh, before the cupping, walk, uh, do some exercise before the cupping. Uh, in order to get that blood flowing and then come again and then it will be much easier to take out the toxins um but uh yeah generally uh people who are overweight and obese have extremely poor circulation and uh, blood clotting uh, going on in their body where the toxins don't really come out properly when they do the wet cupping but uh just like how when your body is toxic the toxins whether it's from diet chemicals smoking whatever toxins into your body some of it gets deposited into fat cells so fat cells become bigger and bigger and that's why people gain weight because of the toxins in their body depositing in themselves into fat cells so if you exercise for example you are detoxing you lose weight when you exercise because you sweat and because the sweat is the toxins which are carrying that fat cells so that's basically how the concept works you're building up toxins you're building up fat in the body Losing the toxins, you're losing the fat. So that's how cupping helps you lose weight. So you mean, uh, what's the ideal weight for, for a human being? If they're 80, they're okay, doc? Uh, so it would also depend on the height. Uh, and then that way you would calculate your BMI to see if you're in the normal range. So your body mass index between 18, 24, and 25, that should be your normal range. Uh, to say that you're not underweight, but you're also not overweight. And then, uh, you know, overweight, you'll find uh, that uh, your mobility is not right, uh, your breathing is compromised, but you have a lot of, uh, you know, fatty tissues around you, doctor. Definitely a lot of fatty tissues. Uh, also, lifespan. Uh, most overweight, obese people uh, do have a shorter lifespan because they're more prone to chronic conditions. Uh, specifically, you know, they get more hypertension, more high blood pressure more high glucose levels because of all the unhealthy foods uh, and so on. <clears throat> so all the more importance for them to start detoxing and also eating things in moderation, uh, in moderation especially cutting out the carbs and the breads uh, and the sugars uh, from the diet, which are building up toxins and causing that weight gain and to start exercising. Yeah, as I said, uh, start exercising and all. But how fortunate are those uh, that uh, have been fasting, like, you know, Mondays and Thursdays uh, from the youth? Uh, how has that helped them? You know, uh, you, you find that most of them even even look young. You know, they may be 60s, 70s, but they still have this glow on them because of that fasting habit they had, uh, doctor. Yeah, fasting is an amazing thing, and it's actually a, a it's a way of detoxing. Also, you're restricting your calories. Uh, your body's burning that fat because you're not eating. Uh, fasting regulates your metabolism uh, in terms of the energy that it gives you once you break that fast. 
and so on and it's a sunnah practice it's part of islam it's one of our five pillars also uh, so it's an amazing thing uh, especially the intermittent fasting also where you just skip one meal you eat breakfast you skip lunch you have supper or you have supper you skip breakfast you have lunch but basically it's about limiting the calorie intake fasting is an amazing method in order to lose weight also what about the people that tell you hey eat breakfast like a king but uh, supper like a pauper what do you say uh well depends what the what the king is eating <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah well breakfast will give you your energy um throughout um um will give you your energy for the day the fuel that you'll need uh, i don't think you need to eat something too heavy as long as you're eating things that will give you that energy boost as long as you're getting that vitamins that minerals you know maybe some boiled eggs with some vegetables or fruit uh obviously bread fills you up so you would want to substitute bread for fruit because fruit will also fill you up um and eggs you would get that protein would get that energy don't have any cereals because uh, the cereals is absolute junk especially with the the ones with the sugars and so on um so best to have wholesome uh, nutritious food uh, for breakfast and and take it there and just eat eat when you're hungry you know not to just eat for the sake of eating Yeah and uh, you talk about bread and uh, what about uh, you know uh, I know a friend of mine he tells me you know every morning I have three eggs and he says it's organic eggs and uh, but he has it would toast bread he said when I mean, it's toasted and crispy he has it with that and he says he's regular because of having that uh, how do you uh, respond to his uh, methodology there doc I don't think the toasting it would have much of a difference just like brown bread doesn't have so much of a difference doesn't have much of a difference compared to white bread in a way that it still has gluten it's still the normal wheat flour and uh, you know it's still going to it's still going to cause the bloating it's still still going to rocket um the blood glucose levels and so many people who they say are diabetic are able to control it just by cutting out bread so cutting out your things with wheat flour the wheat flour your breads your cakes um your pastas and unfortunately your rotis also hey you know what the doctor is telling me this evening people he's telling me no more bakery you are not going back to your bakery again so no naan no twist bread no long rolls no buns hmm. no fun doc No, but there's actually yeah, there is hope there is health there are, there are alternatives where you, there are other flours that you can use this almond flour this rice flour there's even your stone ground flour uh, which is non gmo it's non bleach that you can use so much healthier options than your standard wheat flour now imagine somewhere there in musgrave somewhere in the beachfront there's this dr rawat bakery purely organic i use this flower that flower that flower you think you're going to get a lot of people coming to your doctor yeah hey, i think uh, well people go for the unhealthy stuff so maybe you know, <laughs> <laughs> i think i'd rather just stick to the medical uh, practice <laughs> <laughs> yeah he knows it is bioscape this doctor mashallah so now alaikum attention shafaat for dr am rawat bless you both um my uh, family enjoy the program very much uh, can we know please how does all the extreme changes in weather affect us for example we feel to eat so much uh, food when the weather changes so much all the time dari masi in santen hey masi is feeding for that green memon palao now doctor Yeah so basically when the weather is really cold you tend to you know you're feeling cold you put on a blanket you put on a jersey you put on a jacket but all in all your muscles are constricting so your muscles are contracting and they're becoming smaller because you're not really moving you're not exercising uh you're not getting that blood flowing so when the weather is cold a lot of the times you have poor circulation in the body that's why people get cold pains that's why people get numbness tingling uh and so on because there's not enough blood flow where i say it's hot it's summer you decide to jump into the indian ocean and take a swim now your blood is flowing you're feeling warmer your blood vessels are dilating 
uh, and so on. So a lot of the time, that's also why people get sick in winter. You know, they don't really go outside. They don't get fresh air. They don't get any sunlight, which is vitamin D. Vitamin D activates your macrophages, which fight infection and protect your cells. Uh, so that's a lot of the time why people get sick in winter and why they don't get sick as much in summer because they're moving out more, they're in the sun more, uh, and so on. Basically, they're getting their blood flowing, they're sweating um, because of the hot weather, which is helping them detox too. Uh, so that's how how your seasons, um, as you want to call it, will affect your body. Some people might get, uh, for example, allergy symptoms, change of season, and so on. But that's basically your body's way of adapting to the environment. Mm, my body adapts very well to the leaky season, doctor. And you? Uh, maybe the mango season. Huh? Hey, you're a top guy. Hey, have you tried Pakistani mango? I don't think I've tried the Pakistani mango. Yeah, because uh, I got some of my Pakistani friends. They know there was oh, one. Send uh, me some. Yeah, send me yeah. some, please. No, no, he told me, he promised me. He said, Shafat Bhai, when we, I come back next time from Pakistan, I'm bringing you a box. I'll keep some for you, Doc. Because I said, I never ate Pakistani mango. I know Bombay mango, I know paraffin mango. I know the other long mango, but I never ate a Pakistani mango. He said, we have the best mangoes in the world. So we, we, we watch the space, Doc. As soon as, I, his name is Mian Muhammad Zakaria. And he's also, uh, I think he's an educator and also a media man. But I'm holding him to it. I'm waiting for him to go to Pakistan and bring it for me. Assalamu alaikum all at Marcus. I'm interested to know the effect of a white fast every month on the human body. We spoke about it earlier on, but Jazakallah to all, Wasim Arbi. He's keeping the white fast every month, doctor. Yeah, yeah, fasting, yeah, as I mentioned, a very good way to detox the body, restricting your calories because you're not eating. It's going to regulate your metabolism, uh, regulate that energy, um, that blood flow uh, to the brain. It's going to help you lose weight also, and you're going to be getting so up for it. So excellent way, uh, excellent method, excellent. Um, um, yeah, it's a, basically a very good thing. Uh, to do just like the cupping you know where you come and get your detox fasting is a very similar way natural way of detoxing the body too well as you say it's so uh, brilliantly there it's a win-win situation all round you win here and you'll win in the akhirah too because allah will reward you personally for fasting allah will give you a personal reward for that assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to marcus radio team it's excellent on air. Jazakallah for that. Shafat, please pass to Dr. Aziza Rawat. What is the best water to drink? Is boiled water from the tap okay, doctor? Uh, boiled water from the tap uh, is okay. Um, you could also, if you're worried about the water, and I'll be honest, uh, you probably should be worried about the water supply. Uh, that we have a lot of people are getting sick. You don't know what fluoride, what chemicals. You know what estrogens uh, are uh, getting into the water supply. You know there was even stories where when women use contraceptives, flush it down the toilet, it goes straight back into the water supply and increase estrogen levels in men who consume that kind of water. So you actually need to be very careful. Uh, you can get a water filter system. Uh, just make sure that the water um, that it's getting filtered. So you're filtering out the heavy metals like fluoride and mercury and aluminium and so on. You're filtering out the impurities, the toxins, uh, but you also don't want to filter out the minerals that the natural water has. So if you can get yourself a filter system which filters out the chemicals but doesn't filter out the normal minerals, uh, that would be the best option. Uh, but for now, I think boiling water should be fine, much better than just drinking the tap water. Zakala, for that, assalamu alaikum to the doctor. We prefer as a family to take holistic advice and treatment. We benefit from Dr. A.M. Rawat. Please advise us on the side effects of GM foods and what GM foods have the worst effect on us. Jazakallah so much. Soli Kaka here in Westville. How do you respond to our Soli Kaka there, Aziz? Okay, so let's define GM. So GM meaning genetically modified. So it's also called GMO food. So genetically modified. So these foods have genetically modified organisms in it. And it's even there, it's on the box. Contains GMO maize, contains GMO wheat, contains GMO soy. It's a lot of the times it's the cereals uh, that contain these things. It's the chips 
you know, the normal chips like Doritos and those kind of things contains GMO, uh, uh, pro and these kind of things uh, all contain the GMO when it's on the box. Uh, so it's not like they're even hiding it. Uh, but anyway, the effects that this has on the body, a lot of the time it's long term. So basically it alters, because it's genetically modified, it's definitely going to alter your genes, uh, your DNA in a way. And because it's foreign, so what happens is that if you eat these, because it's modified, your body will see it as a foreign substance. So your body is not going to digest it, it's not going to absorb it properly, and it might not even excrete it properly. That's the effect that it's going to have on the gut also. And you don't know what genes, uh, what what lab-made genes is being pumped into these things. Uh, you know, whether it's estrogen, uh, whether it's uh, whatever chemicals or hormones that's pumped, you don't know what effect it's going to have. Maybe it will lower the man's testosterone levels. As the studies have shown, a lot of the GMO foods lower men's testosterone levels. It lowers women's estrogen levels uh, and so on. So it's actually very bad for you. And you'd want to avoid GMO foods at all costs and rather go for the organic um, natural foods in their raw form uh, rather than the processed, refined, uh, and modified foods. And most of the foods that we have nowadays, the standard things, a lot of the maize and the wheat and the soy, and all of this is genetically modified. Um, and it lowers your immune system um, and so on. Dear Marcus uh, Medical Files, Assalamu alaikum, Shafat and team. Question is for Dr. Azizullah Rawat. How should we start the day to ensure easy digestion? Jazakallah, Sabera Suleiman. I just want to Sabera there, Doc. Well, the first thing would be to avoid the bread uh, uh, because it's modified and it's refined. Uh, so the body won't absorb and digest it uh, very properly. Uh, number two is to increase the fruits and the vegetables and increase the foods with fiber, such as psyllium. Uh, so psyllium, spelled with a P-P-S-Y-L-L-I-U-M, a very good, very strong source of fiber. If you can get your real original brand, not the brand flakes, but the original brand, uh, most of the time from the health shops, you can get it. That's also very good for fiber intake. So fiber is very good for the gut. I mentioned prunes, uh, very good for the gut also. Things like uh, bananas and so on, good for the stomach. Figs, uh, also good for the gut system. So all of these things will be very good uh, for your uh, digestion. And also uh, a lot of the unhealthy foods, the GMO food, the breads and so on, our body doesn't have the enzymes to digest the food properly. So it is going to cause indigestion. It is going to cause leaky gut. It is going to cause bloating and constipation because it can't get excreted. It's going to cause a blockage in the colon, in the intestines, and so on. Uh, so fiber would be your best bet. Um, and to avoid these specific foods, which are not very good for you and very good for your gut and your digestive system. And also remember that most of your immune system is actually in your gut. And that's the importance of the gut. And as they say, most sickness starts in the gut because your gut is either absorbing it or it's excreting it. And a failure in any of these two functions is going to have consequences. This question here says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Marcus uh, Medical Files. Uh, is it true that uh, we can actually burn fat while uh, we sleep, please tell us exactly. Jazakallah so much. Anonymous in Umshlanga, doctor. Yeah, it is true because when you're sleeping, you're not eating or you're not drinking. Uh, so in that way, you are obviously not going to be adding more fat uh, to the body. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. You're not eating, you're not sleeping while you are sleeping. Uh, you're not eating, you're not drinking while you're sleeping, sorry. Uh, so that's why you're, you know, you're giving your body a chance. Um, to not basically add any more fat to the body. Well, let's uh, push this in, Abib. Uh, you already hit 58 minutes and 30 seconds. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Marcus and uh, Mufti, AK Hussein and Shafat. It's me here in uh, Liverpool, UK, missing South Africa a lot. If uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat can advise, here in the UK, because of the coal, People do not bath as often as we do in South Africa. There is uh, not much sweat or perspiration. People mostly wash hands and face when it's freezing. How vital is this even in cold weather to uh, uh, have a bath or bathe the body? And how often should we 
Jazakallah, I look forward to a reply. Zakaria in the UK. <laughs> He's feeling the freeze there, Doc. Yeah, so how you, how often you shower? Now, that would depend on, obviously, how you go about your day, how well, you know, what's going on in your day, how much movement you're doing, uh, and so on. So I can't actually tell you how often you should shower. Uh, but what I can tell you is that, um, obviously, you... The people, well, people need to obviously shower in order to cleanse themselves because not all that, I would say the dirt will build up and so on. But what's even more important is to mind that the soap you're using and the shampoo that you're using, you know, isn't doing any harm to your body. So a lot of the, the soaps and the shampoos now are filled with chemicals, things like aluminium and mercury and so on. So you'd want to also go natural with that. There's things like shea butter you can use. Uh, apple cider vinegar you can use um, and so on so uh, it's also important to note just as a side note the shampoos and soaps that we're using also can have a, neg- uh, can have a negative impact uh, with the chemicals and remember it's going straight into your skin that's why a lot of people also lose hair because of the shampoos the dimethicone that's in it uh, and aluminium in the roll-on that we use so really chemicals are everywhere so it's important to note the, uh, these things well, Doctor, it was a brilliant, uh, you know, consultation with you this evening. Uh, perhaps your parting words. Yeah, no, just Jazakallah for having me. Really enjoyed it, especially the poetry. <laughs> I look forward to hearing more of your poems next time. <laughs> Getting those Pakistani mangoes. We can give the Inshallah. Heidi mangoes a break. Yes. Give the Heidi mangoes a break this time. Um, and Inshallah, we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back for another uh, Marka show. Um, we can share. Uh, you know, and really interact and communicate again. Again, it was a pleasure uh, being here. Um, and uh, so I want to wish all the best to all the listeners also of Marika Sahaba uh, and uh, so on. Jazakallah khair, uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat. I really look forward uh, to your next session on our platform. Uh, you have a, mashallah, beautiful uh, evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My pleasure. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the azan and we'll continue 